All right, dude. Do you want to get this going? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah, I got. I've had a busy day, and it will continue to be busy until about 10 p.m. this evening. So let's How's that let's possible? get it going. Got to teach. Oh my gosh! Well, here, I'll, let's get the intro going. Got to teach. Minds to mold, Jared, on this podcast and mm. elsewhere. Right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you tuned into the last episode, you, just you know what we're talking about. Hop from location to location, virtually. That's right. Zoom course. background to Zoom <laughs> background. Dude, first, I didn't even virtual man a mystery that you had a Zoom background. And like, I was like, that's oh, right. the point. That's not Chad's room. That's the point, <laughs> my man. Oh, my gosh. Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here today to talk about something close to home, uh, pun fully intended. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, cultural thoughts, about living at home with your parents. And uh, if you uh, haven't tuned in, I will just say it right off the bat, I am uh, still living at home with my parents for the time being. So we're going to talk about how it's viewed in America and also some other countries where uh, some people might still be living at home after college. Uh, And it'll be a fun episode today. I'm curious to hear what Jared's thoughts are. And some of these countries might surprise you. At least when I was looking at a few of these, I did not even think this country would be on the list. So we'll uh, get into it today where we have a lot to uncover uh, other than some Onion article headlines. So without further ado, my partner in crime, what's going on, Jared? Hi. Since you made it clear off the bat, I'll make it clear. I do live alone, Mm -hmm. not with my parents. I thought, I, you know, I wasn't going to say that, but I, now that I realize, you know, I'm vulnerable now. Now now the world knows. But uh, since you said it, I guess I should make it clear. I do live alone, and I have for a bit, actually. Um, welcome to the pod. Five-star reviews would be nice. Uh, that would Russian be great. For please. Uh, and then if you do give those five-star reviews, Chad would say... Spasiba. Well, he would say... Spasiba. Because uh, I, <laughs> my editing skills were not on po- uh, on point, but you know what? I didn't change it. That's that's it. Um, I have I have a, one question for you <laughs> regarding two things that um, that came across my my radar. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's I'm going to call this segment. Does Chad care? And just so you know, that doesn't mean I do. So don't be concerned about how I feel about if these Jared things. cares or not. Fair enough. My first question is: Do you care about the Olympics? Not really. Yeah, me neither. Not really. I, I mean, I, I asked that because I, I was just I know, scrolling through something and just realized that it's happening. It starts, I think, July twenty third. I'm like, oh wow, that's right around the corner, bro. And, this whole summer with the Euro, I. I didn't even realize that either because it's technically an odd year, but because mm. of good old Rona, it's threw everything so, off. So does that mean the World Cup is next year? Uh, uh, no, no, it's 2024. 2022. It's 2024. Wait, no. No, it's, it's is it next year? 6, 10, 14, 14. 2020. Yeah, 2024. No, You're right. 14, 18, 22. It's in 22. Or, oh, it's in 22. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, tw- so okay. yeah. So next so year, it's next year. Yeah. So we're getting bombarded. Yeah, I don't. I've never really cared about the Olympics. The Olympics is a great thing to have on in the background, at uh, like a bar or something. But oh, and for other sure. than that, I, I really don't care. It doesn't. I had a student last week ask me uh, which Olympic events I like the most, and I and I was kind of like, I don't, I don't even question. know. Uh, well. <sighs> 
Yeah, the ones that are always come to mind are that are coming to mind right now. I should say are all winter ones. Yeah, and same. They all are things that I didn't even know existed until I moved to Germany. Like maybe it's called the decathlon or those something are like cool that, for sure. Where you ski for a bit and shoot some some targets and then ski for some more. When I first saw that, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Right. The, it's kind of fun that, to watch, though. Another thing that blew my mind is where the ski jump where they go off that giant jump and they just lean forward and they're oh, in yeah. air f- for like 20 seconds. I'm like, this just seems like a recipe for disaster. But uh, I think people, for the most part, are okay. So honestly, if, if I... If, and I don't really care about the Winter Olympics either. But I think if I were to care, I'd just consistently go back and forth, back to the Winter Olympics. What did you tell them, though? You had to give them something. I, I actually... The funny thing was they were talking about the Summer Olympics, or I think they were implying it, because, you know, the Summer Olympics are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it was just hilarious because they asked and I immediately said um, one one event that I for some odd reason like to watch just because it's crazy to watch is the speed skating. Like I just uh, it blows my mind. That's summer? No, no, no. Winter. Uh, OK. OK. But see, so that's we, the thing is all, all I could think also. of were winter sports. So the speed skating was one. I mentioned skiing as well and snowboarding. I love the like the also the high jumps on the snowboard and the skis where they do like two or three flips and all these crazy spins and stuff. Yeah, but I think, Jared, what would really make me care about the Olympics more so and it's not that I don't love sports because I certainly do. It's more that um, I feel like I need a, like an, a specific athlete that I like kind of like and like to watch. That would, I think, get me more interested in it. I you know hear I mean? you. But even still. That's only like a certain, that's only a certain, like if you have Percentage. like an athlete or two, how much can you really watch to, to keep up with that person? Right. By the way, let me just go through some of these Olympic games. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I didn't know half of these things existed. And this is Olympics.com, and I clicked on Summer Olympic Sports. Three-on-three basketball, did not know that happened. Interesting. Archery. Uh, oh, artistic- that's cool. Artistic gymnastics. I know okay. Simone Biles uh, dominates that. Artistic swimming, something that's just generic athletics. It's a little stick person running. Badminton, uh, baseball and softball, basketball, beach volleyball. That's a good one. I do mm-hmm. like that one. Yep. That Those can get intense, those beach volleyball yeah. matches. Yeah. But once again, Jared, it is more for me also like a kind of have it on in the background. Did you know they did BMX freestyle? I'm yeah. with you as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. BMX yep. racing. Now, that Table sounds cool. Table tennis. Boxing. Canoe, kayak, flat water. I did not know ca- canoes were involved in the Olympics. Uh, canoe, slalom, diving, equestrian, fencing, football, golf, handball. Uh, handball's pretty good. You know what's weird, though, Jared? Is hockey, like some of the really like ho- big like sports... Hockey just don't seem to carry i feel like as much with the olympics as they do yeah. in other events like the world cup is a way bigger football or soccer event than the olympics well, that's because any of these events that are like the sport related that 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 we commonly see on tv whether it be basketball football um uh there's another one even golf hockey these are all sports uh, and these are just the ones I know at the top of my head. These are all sports that have much higher levels of competition mm-hmm. outside of the Olympics. You right. know, when when you put it when you put a lot of these sports into the national context, like we've seen in basketball, we've seen the U.S. just embarrass countries. That's why I don't watch Olympic basketball <laughs> because, to a point, like it it 
kind of it's it's like all right like stop like you know there have been but a couple hockey's games. good hockey's there's been great. a lot of, of leg- there's been a between canada the russia and the ice. u.s there's been a lot of of excitement uh in in hockey i mean hockey's there's probably other one. countries too but those are the three that i'm familiar with where there's been a lot of story of the of the rivalries so um so yeah there's other ones that you know i'm not really but yeah in general i'm with you i'm with you uh, one more thing. One, one more thing. And once again, you're welcome to say no. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to say yes. Well, first question. Am do you I know welcome who, to say maybe? First, uh, <laughs> sure. First question is, do you know who Chrissy Teigen is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Because I have a... Um, the apology. But, oh, here uh, we go. But, uh, but I figured you probably didn't know who she was or care about the story. She's a... I know, isn't she a model or she was she a, model. a model? She's married to John Legend. She's they have a to couple John kids. Legend. They have a couple kids. And she's big on Twitter. And she has she's, had some good Twitter clapbacks, hasn't she? She's very good on Twitter. She's had some great Twitter clapbacks. She's um she's really given some people some solid burns. Okay. However, did one that, burn go too far, Jared? No, no well, no, to a certain extent, her having this sort of uh per- persona has bit her in the ass because years ago mm-hmm. she she um she crossed the line from burns to what people might call just straight up bullying telling Uh-oh. telling people to kill themselves you know saying really? that no one cares about you but this isn't i mean i'm not i'm not you know protecting her or anything i'm just saying what i think are the facts this is in the you know the, this was in the earlier days of twitter before it was as huge as it is now obviously before she had millions of followers like i believe this was maybe 2000 it was early maybe 2011 maybe before that but anyway it was not like twitter is right now is what i'm saying mm-hmm. um but anyway she essentially got called out for a lot of bullying that she that she did she left social media for a bit then she came back then she left again because you know of this because of this call out and um she now has an apology that she put out actually four hours okay. ago as we're doing this oh wow okay, and i saw it i'm fresh. like chad probably doesn't care about this but i'll ask him because rate the apology is a fun i do enjoy it thing to do this is a medium. You know what medium is. You know, people can self-post essays and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and articles and whatnot. Hi, all. It's been a very humbling few weeks. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to see how long this is. I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to read all of this. It has been a very humbling few weeks. I know I've been quiet, and Lord knows you don't want to hear about me, but I want you to know I've been sitting in a hole of deserved global punishment, the ultimate, uh, quote-unquote, sit here, Quote, sit here and think about what you've done, quote, close quote. Not a day, not a single moment has passed where, I don't know, clearly I don't know how to say that, where I haven't felt the crushing weight of regret for the things I said in the past. As you know, a bunch of my old awful, awful, awful tweets resurfaced. I'm truly ashamed of them. As I look at them and understand the hurt they caused, I have to stop and wonder how could I have done that? I've apologized publicly to one person, but there are others and more that are uh uh and more than just a few who i need to say sorry to i'm in the process of privately reaching out to the people i insulted and it's like my own version of that show my name is earl is that what that's about apologizing to people i I never really watched yeah i've never seen whenever it came on on tbs i'm like all right i guess it's time for me to change the station (laughs) um (laughs) uh i understand that they 
may not want to speak to me i uh, i don't think i'd like to uh, i'd like to speak to me the real truth is all of this uh and all of this is how much i actually cannot take confrontation but if they do i am here and i will listen to what they have to say while apologizing through sobs there is simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets my targets didn't deserve them no one does many of them need needed empathy kindness understanding and support and not my meanness masquerading as a uh, kind of casual edgy humor i was a troll full stop and i am so sorry i want to go a little further here th- uh, thinking of those i've hurt and friends i've disappointed all right there's a lot more dude i'm not gonna read all of this but she's got an essay is what i'm saying okay and that's about half of it okay well i mean clearly she put a lot of thought into it so yeah. i gotta give her credit for that Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be real with you. I think she probably could have said all that in a video a lot quicker, but maybe it would seem less sincere. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a fine line, too. You know, I I, right. I I have said in the past that videos are are better, but um, usually uh, this is the, you know, I, I at least I've seen her on social media before and people like want to hate her. So right. when I, when, when I, if she were to do a video, I'd almost be like, yeah, I could find a reason why anyone would want to hate. <laughs> any however you did it so anyway sorry please right. continue um but i mean yeah and we we didn't read through the whole apology but like i said there's a there's an aspect of uh, self-reflection in there which is good to see um i, I i'd give her an, a decent i don't know i'd say out of 10 I, out of 10 um i'd say like a but see it's hard to say because we didn't read it all i'm gonna say i'm gonna say seven that's true I'm Where I'm you. at right now, I'd say like a seven. I'm with you. I'd say seven with the with room four eight. But it was clearly mm-hmm. seemed like it was going down a good path. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, yeah, dude. I mean, that's so, that's social media, you know. I mean, Especially that's, if you've that's been what's on it happened to time. so many celebrities, right? They just old tweets get dug up, and then even me, someone who doesn't like is not active on social media. I feel like the the more and more I'm on it, the less I'm inclined to want to post things, you know. Right, and I, I feel like on on most of my social media, I've gotten to a, p- a point where I'm like, I don't even like. I have, I enjoy scrolling and reading people that I like to follow, but I'm for the most part, I feel like I'm at the point where I have no interest in posting anymore. You know, right? It's like nobody cares about what I have to what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's fully true, Jared, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I I mean, I'm not really much of a poster on social media either. You know, um, yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's, um, I will say this as well too, Jared. I mean, we all at some point in our lives were young and dumb and made some stupid mistakes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seems like, uh, uh, she was really owning up to a lot of the things she said. I think it's good. She also mentioned too, that she had reached out to people, uh, also made some public apologies, which it'd be interesting, you know, what those would be. Um, yeah, but I understand that. I feel like you have to make. Do you have to make the private apology before you make the public apology, especially if you're putting someone's name out there? You know. Yeah, I think so. It's like, well, no, don't bring me into this. Now you're bringing my name up and and with to your right. giant audience, and I don't want people, you know, coming at me. Right. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, I have a question. Do you have a um spread a little love? Do you Do you want to spread any love? Do you have a shout out? I do. Uh, by the way, I I don't. So go for All it. Right. This is another one where I want to get your input because you're a teacher, you're an educator, mm-hmm. you just hop from teaching to teaching moment in your life. That's right. And, uh, whether it's teaching 
uh, your parents how to use some piece of technology. That's true. <laughs> or, or that keeps um, me busy. <laughs> teaching uh, the youth uh, how to speak English. The youth teaching them college kids. Yeah, thousands All the important of American slangs. So uh, the American untranslatables. You mean thousands <laughs> of teachers? Uh, pro- uh, we, last episode we talked about how um, to be an ally. De- DeSantis was uh who's the governor of florida was banning uh critical race theory to be taught in public schools uh thousands of teachers protest laws that dictate what they can teach about race in class the nationwide protests were part of the national day of action which aimed to raise awareness of the legislature um Teachers in more than 20 cities gathered to let GOP lawmakers uh, know that they ain't, this is the root, they ain't down with attempts to dictate that they can and can't, uh, what they can and can't teach in class. According to, uh, well, see, that's, according to the Washington Post, Saturday was the National Day of Action, the event aimed to raise awareness of Republican legislation that would restrict teachers from discussing certain topics in regards to racism, sexism, and oppression uh, with students. Republican lawmakers in states like Florida and Iowa have worked tirelessly to enact laws that would prevent public schools from adopting lesson plans on critical race theory and other frameworks that openly and honestly examine how race is systematically embedded in U.S. history. The Post said that several thousand teachers who uh, participated in the National Day of Action have signed this pledge. We, the uh, undersigned educators, refuse to lie to young people uh, about U.S. history and current events, regardless of the law. Uh, Republicans have been going all in on critical race theory currently, blah, 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 you know, talking about how it's left-wing nonsense or Marxist and all this stuff. Um, But obviously teachers believe that this is just history and it should be taught. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I have a question for you, Chad, as an educator, have you ever been told not to teach anything? Now, I know when you've taught in, you know, certain countries, you, you know inherently just by doing basic Google searches, it's probably safer for me just to avoid these topics. Of course. But but I imagine in those situations, no no one that's your boss uh, strictly told you, hey, don't talk about these things. Maybe you got that advice from certain people, but that was never like a rule given to you, I imagine. Correct. Yeah. But what, what? have you ever been given a rule? Well, hey, if you're going to so, teach this, don't bring up this uh, well, theory so first, or first of all, there, there are certain... Uh, there are certain laws in, in China, for example. There, there are just topics where uh, you can't talk about. Uh, so, for, for okay. example... Like I, for example, if you want to teach religion, you, uh, so if my students for some odd reason, like Mm -hmm. say for some odd reason, I, you know, I was in China and I decided in my reading class, we were going to do a reading of, um, the Puritan, um, or, or sorry, the crucible, the crucible. And, uh, which technically is, it's not religious text, but a lot of the content has to do with Puritans. Um, it's a, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Puritans. Um, in the crucible, but basically, th- it was a really religious group um, of settlers oh, 
in in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. So you could argue that this is about American history, right? Because the crucible is, or or maybe it's an English lit class, right? But because there are some religious undertones, you would have to be very careful with how you approach teaching that because Mm. the only people who can legally teach about religion in China is someone with a degree in theology, because they okay. are considered an expert in their field. So what they're teaching you as an expert in the field is factual. Whereas So so even though there was no one told you anything, these are these these aren't just like, hey, for your own ease, don't talk about these things. There are still specific laws where it's like, listen, uh, no one's going to tell you this, but you should do the basic research to know that you can get into serious trouble talking about stuff. Right. And the the other thing too is if you were to teach about like one thing you have to be careful if you're if you're an American teaching in a lot of different countries is if you talk about right to protest and different stuff mm. like that, um, because some countries they don't have that right. Uh, same with ha- when you talk about voting in government systems, you have to be careful. Have you ever? I mean, you must have been asked about protests by your Chinese students, especially. Oh no, no, nope. or like what's nope. been going on in the U.S. in relation to oh, well, George well, Floyd? Well, I guess the jo- George Floyd protest. Yes, they did ask me about that, and I, and I told them. I told them exactly why people were protesting. Like, I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of it. Right. Next question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I mean, I do answer questions like that, but once again, I when I answer a question like that, when my students ask me about the George Floyd, you know, every all the riots happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, I a lot of them uh, had heard about it. Um, but they obviously just don't have the access to a lot of the media stuff that we would here in the West. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, there's certainly uh, things that you you just know not to talk about. Like, in, if you're a teacher in China, you don't talk about, if you say the words, Taiwan is its own country, like, you're, I, I, right. I don't know what will actually happen to you, but it's not good. Or like you know? H- Hong Kong deserves to be independent or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. So, um so but you just don't China, talk about those China subjects. is the only place where you've experienced such explicit. Well, me personally, of, but once again, it wasn't like I was told this. Right, it wasn't yes. that I was told this by the administration. I was more told this by the embassy, and it's just a right. cultural thing that you should be aware of. But some now, of them are explicit. You say cultural, but some of it, uh, some of it is explicit. Like you, if if religion does come up, you have to be very careful. Like if somehow right. a question is asked about that, you have to be very careful because you know you you know the chances of you probably going to getting in serious trouble are slim but it could end that it could happen yeah Yeah. it could happen now in terms of like things that i've wanted to teach but i couldn't i mean there are certain like approaches and methodologies that i've wanted to try out in my classroom that like when i was a teaching assistant you know we didn't have a ton of wiggle room Uh, now with my own classes i can do pretty much whatever i want it's pretty great really damn right that's right uh so yeah i just want to um, spread a little love to these teachers and te- and Florida and, and Iowa, because as someone that has worked in corporate America my adult, most of my adult life, I feel like for for most of it um, up until relatively recently, um, I've just been okay with the with the policy. And obviously, it's different. These people are are educating the youth, you know, and uh, and and it's like now you're essentially telling teachers not to teach reality. Um, and it's like, well, I'm a teacher, I, and I know what reality is, and you're telling me, no, don't mention any of that stuff. Just dance around all the reality and just give them the sugar-coated version. Uh, mm-hmm. Slave owners, for the most part, were friendly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway, 
I will um, say though, Jared, I did talk about when I was living in the Czech Republic, and it wasn't there. I wasn't allowed to do this. I did talk about um, how Thanksgiving is uh, not so accurately taught in the mm-hmm. schools in the United States, right? Um, but you, but for example, if I were to, um, I didn't really talk about that much in China because once again, if you uh, if you challenge certain hierarchical systems in certain places, it's not right. you know it's it can and just so lead to discussions that, that you don't want to have. It's not just the mm-hmm. fact that you're maybe saying something that could get you in trouble according to the, the Chinese culture or rules. It's by like, but if they were to see you sort of speak about um, another place. With such disregard, they'd be like, oh, interesting. This is how you talk about your home? That's right. weird. What I was going to say, though, real quick, is that I don't think I'd have it in me to to take a stand. I think mm. maybe maybe if they were doing something that was blatantly, you know, I'm not in a teaching situation, so maybe if they are doing something blatantly like, listen, we're making it clear that we don't support Black Lives Matter, that we think that uh, there's racism doesn't exist, and that's stupid, and if you bring it up, then we have a problem. Maybe I'd say, maybe I'd have a problem then, but for most of my short career, I was I I've I, I've been okay with like the the idea of if 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 we just ignore it then that's fine you know and it is nice and interesting to see the shift to where for a number of people in uh, whether it's a teaching or like corporate America where I where I exist where that's not enough so that is nice mm-hmm. to see you know so spread a little love baby steps for sure but shout out to those teachers most definitely yeah yeah I don't think I have it in me. Well, maybe after a couple more podcasts, I can I can try to persuade you, Jared. Yeah. Hey, give us five star reviews. Um, there we go. And then once we get our big time sponsorship, then I'll be like, Hey, this is how I really feel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Jared, I think you uh, might happen to know what time it is. Oh, the That's owl right. is a hooting. It's never late, Jared, that's for sure. Always on time, that untranslatable time. And untranslatable is our idioms, proverbs, sayings, axioms, uh, slang, words, terms, phrases that don't always translate on a one-to-one basis into English. And we are here to decipher those terms for you. So, Jared, I would like to get us started today with a Czech untranslatable. I uh, figured I would uh, bust out the old check and see if I can. I still have the chops in me, Jared. So here we go. It is Vetrit Zenyekam, which means. That first to, word seemed like a little bit of a struggle. I'm not going to. It was. Lie. I got here. Let me, let me hydrate, Jared. Let me, <laughs> let me. I mean, you, know, you just gotta, mentioned, like, let's see how good my check is. And I'm no expert. But that that first word did seem like a little bit of a struggle. Ah, me, 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 me. Okay. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're ready now, Jared. Here we go. Vetrit. Yeah, it's got that r, which is the mm-hmm. r with the hot check, which I believe Czech is like one of the few languages in the world that has that sound that mm-hmm. you have to make. And it, it when I used to walk to school uh, in Komutov, Jared, I would I would say um rzecha, which is a oh, it's yeah. watercress, but it has that double r, so it's super tricky. Anyways, watercress. Yeah, I can't say it right. Uh, anyways, niekam, okay. which means to rub yourself in somewhere. Is that like to blend in essentially? Uh, no. To rub yourself in? Is that like to brag about stuff? Like to just to be a gloat, a gloater? Um, well, you know, this, um, not, not Speak quite highly of yourself. I'm trying, you I'm trying to think no of, talent. um, how I can, how I can give you a clue without giving this away. Um, oh, cause we've, I'm trying to think we've used, there's another, to give away secrets. 
no, no, no. Um, well, Jared, let's just say uh, to, to rub yourself in somewhere, um, somewhere, Jared, that you may not belong. To make yourself at home? Not quite. Somewhere that you may not belong to rub yourself in? Mm-hmm. But you rub yourself in there. To break in somewhere? Uh, not that extreme. All right. You're going to have to just give it to me. You're getting warmer, though. I'm it's sure to I crash am. a party. Oh, uh, okay. So you're okay, not breaking okay. in, but technically you weren't invited. So you're kind of shocked right. to rub yourself in Where's somewhere. Where's the line there? If there's a party and you're in there, can they prove that you're not invited? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I guess if I... they call the cops and say, I don't want this person at my house. Right. That's enough of a proof that you're not invited. Right. Uh, my first untranslatable is Hungarian, and it's Kutyebol Nemlej Zalona. You cannot make bacon out of a dog. Out of a dog. You cannot make bacon out of a dog. You, okay. You cannot hmm. make bacon out of a dog. Uh, deg. deg. <laughs> what is that? Have you, have you ever seen Snatch before? Dag. Uh-uh. No. Oh, oh dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> you cannot uh, make bacon out of a uh, dag. You can't compare. You just can't uh, compare it. No, no, no. no. It doesn't fit. Uh, is this this? Can you give me a clue or an example. So you um, every weekend you say, "Hey, so so, uh, are you going to come come?" camping with me this weekend and sleep outside in the rain uh, wh- while I'm in the van. <laughs> and I'm like, Chad, for the 10,000th time in a row, uh, no, uh, you cannot make bacon out of a dog. You can't force someone to do something? Not, no, I don't know. I have uh, no idea. You took that way too literally. <laughs> someone who will never change. Oh, it's like, okay. it's like It's like what you're trying to do to this person or thing is impossible so stop trying to to infl- and do this thing because it's not it's already impossible that makes sense okay uh my next one for you jared is italian and it is sai come il presemolo which means you're like parsley um a little bit goes a long way <laughs> i don't know uh, uh um mm, you uh, you overpower the situations. If at a party, uh, you're like parsley, and no one can get a word in edgewise because you always got something to say with your loud ass. Damn, uh, so, shit, shut up. So nobody cares about what you have to say. You're getting close, but um, you're well, very. You let me ask you, you this: Is parsley common or in common and uncommon in Italy, Jared? Do you uh, think it's very common? Okay, you're basic. Someone's basic. No, if you're if you're common, can you find it in one place or many places? You're not interesting. You can find it, it in many places, mm-hmm. which yeah, makes well, me which led me to think you're not interesting. Uh, well, I guess you're you're right about that. I guess, but it means to turn up everywhere, or I think to like show up everywhere. Uh, okay, it's like oh, I see, I see, I see. I went, so I went like, to the store, and there, yeah, you, you like parsley. It's kind of like the person that you like the, that you don't like that's at every party. You know, it's like how are you always here? You're like right. parsley. You're like every parsley. time I don't want to see you, there. Exactly. You are. All right, this is my last one, and it's Icelandic. mid kalda vatninu. It all comes with the cold water. 
Um, it all comes now with think the cold about this. water. It, it, it has something to do with the idea of cold water coming. With an O. <laughs> um, let's see here. Has to do with uh, what? It's raining. All comes with the cold water, Chad. Think about um, being at home. There's pros and cons to everything. Think about. Think about. Can you give me a clue? All comes with the cold water. Think about turning on a faucet. But but this is a metaphor for life. Keep that in mind. Yeah, it all comes with cold. Everything has a price. You're close. You're close. If you're patient, everything will fall into place, or good things take time. Uh, you have to wait for good things. Okay. So it's like if you want to get to that sweet hot water, mm-hmm. you have to go through the processes of the cold water. You know, all things come with the cold water. Yeah, I like that, that one. That makes sense. Let me give you one last check one for you. This is a this is a good one. Pecheni holubi nelitai dohubi holubi nelitab. Nelitai dohobi. And it means baked pigeons don't fly into your mouth. It's like you have to work for for stuff. Baked pigeon squab, I imagine they're talking about Mm -hmm. the meal. A cooked meal doesn't fly right into your mouth. You have to work for stuff. Hit that ham horn, Jim. You got it. Yeah, and I'll let you do your... uh, your, I, I don't have a transition for this one. How actually. do you not have a transition for that one? I don't. I, I just you like that. You who lives at home, I imagine, cooks zero of your own meals. I cook some uh, of my meals. What? When you're in, in your van? Uh, no, and you're camping no, somewhere? No, I cook, I cook meals, for example, a lot of times our schedules don't wow. line up. It blows my mind where you somehow manage to shoehorn in a transition, and then where I feel like you missed the obvious transitions. Because I feel like that is a major aspect of living at home with parents as an adult, is that there's this is idea the aspect. that you just get stuff, sort like stuff just gets taken care of, you know? Right. And it definitely doesn't. I mean... It, I, well, it depends on everybody's house, and everybody's household is different. But I'm I'm sure you have a, a whole bunch of lists and stuff. Let's talk about living with parents in reality and in the U.S. What we know, mm-hmm. because in the U.S., for the most part, it's like a cliche insult. You know, oh, living it's in down your parents' upon, basements, for sure. living in your yep. mom's basement is sort of a I classic actually, insult. I googled mom's basement for my background today, and and because there's a podcast called Mom's Basement, that's all that really okay. came up. I was going to say, that's way cooler than mom's basement. <laughs> right? This would be like mom's basement on steroids, basically, the, the yeah. background I have today. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just a really negative stigma. But I think to some degree, I think on some levels, depending on the context, it's not completely unwarranted. Like, I think if you're, you're right, being a, a leech or a parasite where... You are just mooching off of somebody. You're not contributing. You're not helping out. I do think that's an issue, um, but I think that's an issue in any living circumstance. Parents, roommates, um, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Generally speaking, here in the U.S., the the expectation. What do you, what what do you say? Uh, the expectation on when a child. Or adult, I guess, should be out of the house. That's just this is the time. Usually, you eighteen to yeah. to college is at least culturally yeah. what's what's acceptable, right? But the reality is, as much as rent is in a lot of places, I mean, shoot, when we were eighteen, 
there's no way we could have paid for rent or paid for college on our own. You know, but I wasn't. That's true. But I wasn't living my life in a, in a way where I needed to. You know, we could have, if we were in a place where we didn't have the support that we have. We didn't have the option to go to an expensive private college. You could, you could potentially find like you know find a job. We just weren't in that situation. But well, I'll it's say a lot this. different. Here are some facts for you, Chad. Some cold mm-hmm. hard numbers. Uh, Pew Report, Pew, you know, they put out random percentages every now and again, and I guess we're supposed to believe them. They showed that (laughs) uh, 52% of those that are uh, 18 to 29, this is in July of 2020, uh, are currently living with their parents, and that's up from 47% in February of 2020. Obviously, a lot of that is is factored is due to uh, the pandemic. However, 52% 52% is the highest percentage in over a century. This mm-hmm. number has, in fact, been rising steadily since hitting a low of 29% in 1960. I mean, and that's the, as now with like millennials who's, who, I guess, you know, millennial and partially Gen Z, I guess 18 is not millennial, but 29 is millennial. Mm-hmm. There, there is that conversation about how millennials have no money and have no concept of how to properly financially take care of themselves. Um, which I obviously, as a millennial, I think is an oversimplification for sure. Well, sure. Well, once again, we we talked about intersectionality in the last episode, right? And I mean, and yeah, it's it's all. I mean, everything is always deeper than it seems, right, Jared? But the thing with living at your parents, I think the reason why a lot of times it does have a stigma in the U.S. is because, uh, as we've said on this podcast many times, uh, generally the West and the U.S. especially is more individualistic culture right Mm -hmm. so what that means is i need to have my own place my Mm -hmm. own car my own this my own that to feel like you are you know maybe a functioning adult whereas in you know some other cultures it's not as frowned upon to stay longer at your parents house or it doesn't have as much of a negative stigma um you know depending on the the culture in the country um yeah yeah so you're you currently live with your parents as you mentioned what what has what do you feel like have you noticed the stigma personally, I should say, or have you felt in moments like, oh, I got to mention this or, or you're just like, who cares, you know? Well, it really depends on the context. So, it, you know, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, she's actually older than me and she also is still living with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, both of us, you know, so we clearly in that context you're not embarrassed by it or whatever. because <laughs> Right. Well, and, and a lot of my coworkers... Are pretty understanding. It was really funny. I had a nice conversation with one of my coworkers who he really took me under his wing when I first started um, at my uh, current job. And he and he mentioned that you know he he's I almost is he almost ten years older than me? Uh, is he forty? He's actually he might even be forty one. Anyways, um, he he was saying though how when he was my age he was kind of in the same shoes as I was, mm. um, and then uh, he got a couple of years older and had kind of similar. Like me, like a decent salary, you know, entry level job into academia, where he was able. He bought a condo. Uh, I'm currently so, saving up for a house. At what age did he move out? I think he said he was 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get out before that. Okay. Um, um, so, but yeah, and it's. I imagine also this is a. You talked about work. Mm-hmm. You know, hot vac summer. How do how how do you deal with it when it comes to to dating? 
I mean, I haven't really. I've put. I basically put dating on the back burner pretty much since I came back here. I was still in a long distance relationship mm-hmm. when I initially came back, uh, February of last year. Um, so what you're telling me is you've never interacted during uh, for the past year or whatever you've never interacted with a lady and had a conversation about uh who you who you are personally oh i've had i've gone on maybe four or five dates and it's never come up oh no we've talked about it i mean i I find it a little bit awkward but it is what it is i mean not gonna lie to them yeah of course of course of course you know but I mean, I don't know. But it's I never mean, been like a, it's never been like a, you say it and then it's like a, a ghosted or anything. No, no. Okay. Actually, actually, I hate to say this, but I I lost interest in a couple of ladies that I was talking to. Um, so mm. you know, You're like, hey, get your own place, or, or I'm not interested. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> I would certainly say though, per- perceptions are are changing because mm-hmm. I uh, in general I think. For the longest time, there was like this at 18. It's like either you should be in college or, you know, or have a job and and support yourself. What are you doing? I feel like just as a a, that is like an American culture thing. I think that's sort of ingrained in me there. And there's and I don't even think that's been sort of pushed in me by by family because I like I I, but like I, I feel like I'm a very like I don't want help kind of person to a fault for sure actually right. if you were to happen to be interviewing me and someone were to say hey what do you what do you find to be one of your biggest biggest weaknesses and i'd say besides for the fact that i um i find myself too dedicated to getting uh the task done in a timely manner um and, and satisfying the needs of my uh direct of uh, the people that i that i report to i also struggle with asking for help and it takes it takes me longer to get things done sometimes because I rather figure it out myself when it's probably quicker to just ask for help. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. And it's, um, yeah. So, um, really, because you always ask me for help all the time regarding your car and stuff. You have no fear. That's, that's because you're a good friend of mine. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, do you have, uh, rules? Rules. I, I understood you. Okay, uh, I, I'm, you like I mean, you paused. <laughs> well, because I'm thinking about it. I mean, uh, I, I think they're always unspoke. I don't know. I mean, it's not like we sat down and discussed down like on the, on these the are fridge. the rules and blah blah blah. Um, but I mean, it's it's. I think a lot of it's about respect. But I have to give my parents a lot of credit because they give me space. You know, in mm-hmm. like my they office where I work. Chad. They don't listen to this. But, uh, I I know they don't. Uh, okay, I'm telling okay, the truth. Okay. I'm telling Just the truth. Sure. So sure. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I don't know though. I will say that living uh, since I've been living at home with my parents, you know, as as much as I do love them, it definitely that's one of the reasons why I haven't really taken dating that seriously because it's like, what am I going to bring mm-hmm. you home to my parents? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't right. know. I just find it a little awkward the logistics of everything and. Uh, I don't know. To me as well, Jared, and, and you know, maybe this is maybe this is toxic masculinity, as you might call it. But I feel like as as a man, I I would much rather have my own place if I want to entertain some ladies. You know, uh, I don't think that's toxic masculinity to not want to have. But to... am I not man enough to entertain ladies here, Jared? I don't think that has anything to do with being man enough. I don't. And and personally, at my age, I have no interest 
and on like a in the first couple of dates going back and having to interact with someone's parents where it's right. like i don't like if i like i don't even I just like, met you <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and so like and so i don't think that's a toxic masculinity thing i think i could see that going both ways i you know i would feel bad putting a you know, a date in that situation where it's like, hey, you're going to have to meet my parents. I know this is date four or three. Right. And uh, you probably don't even like me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about my parents? Right. Um, uh, yeah, that's just a situation I personally wouldn't want to be in at all. Um, yeah, it's it's a sticky one. The, the interesting thing is uh, a lot of my students in China, if what I've noticed, and I've talked to quite a few of them, if they move to a different city, obviously they have their own place. But if a lot of them, if they end up getting a job in their uh, hometown, which many of them do, they they go back and live with their parents. And then depending on, I forget who it is, but depending on who marries who, usually it's expected that I think it might be the husband's parents move in with them when they get their own house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it some of it boils down to just caregiver roles and it's different cultural um, expectations. Um, but it's kind of interesting to see. I thought it was more... I, I've heard that, but I thought it was more... Correct me if I'm wrong. You have more experience than I do. That, um, like, for the, like uh, in, in China, they uh, a lot of people, you know, if they don't have jobs that are in different places, live with their parents until they get married mm-hmm. and there's almost sort of this transitionary period that happens where it's like parents are taking care of you you know parents are taking care of you and then you start to get like a solid career and parents stop you stop working and are retired or whatever and take care of your kids and you take care of the parents you know right uh, and it's and it's sort of expected that there's this transitionary period so the lines are blurred a little bit more on whether you know living with parents because it's it's a little more uh common sure well and i have to say jared i mean the nice thing is you know the fact that i'm you know right now at least we'll knock on some wood that i'm you know uh, uh gainfully employed uh it's it's always nice to once in a while surprise your parents get them you know get them lunch or or surprise them with a little something here or there you know uh, sure. it's nice to give back yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I send my I send my mom a, a DoorDash uh, gift card every now and again and say, "Hey, buy yourself something nice." No, I don't do that. <laughs> um, for me personally, and may, maybe this is just uh, that uh, American capitalistic culture telling me to go out and make my own money and spend. But um, I, when once I graduated from college, it felt like a it felt like an imperative. To get out of there you know like i moved back to to uh like after graduation i went back home and it was essentially just a countdown on like all right until i find a place to live slash have enough for like you know uh, security or in first whatever you know mm-hmm. first month of rent or whatever but um um i i, I don't know maybe i i it could be i think it was a mix of of you know just culture you know where mm-hmm. it's just like you're not supposed to live at home anymore you know and it is sort of uh and then also i think um you know maybe it's just you know my family who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know maybe the fact that uh that you're okay with it more than i i would be at this age uh is more just like yeah well maybe you should go to therapy and talk about your family rather than you know, more than anything who knows well, for, for me as well, Jared, I mean, there's 
there are certain reasons why. Like, I think that's the other thing occasionally that I think if you're living at home with your parents at a certain age, just because you never moved out and you never did anything, I think that is a bit of an issue to some regard. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas if, you know, my plan was not to, if, if you would have told me, uh, you know, 2019 pre-pandemic that I would live at my parents for a year, um, you know, I would have this, I would, you know, be working virtually for basically almost an entire, I would sure. be like, you're crazy, bro. Like there's no sure. way. Cause my, two, my, my short-term plan was, you know, live in China for two years, come back here. I would have had more than enough to pay off my loans and put a down payment on a house. And ideally I would do that, you know, wherever that, you know, next job would have been, but mm. you know, because of the pandemic, you know, I had, uh, you know, I was only in China for six months. I came back here, was un- unemployed for, you know, half a year, basically. Uh, got you know my current job and now my plan right now is hopefully by uh, September to either uh, have an apartment that I'm renting or maybe if I can find a house you know um, we'll see but a lot of that is also dependent on what happens job wise so yeah uh, yeah our, our culture is also here in the U.S. buying house buying is huge mm-hmm. this concept especially it's a, right now uh, we've done an episode about this before <laughs> I don't know if we if we included this one, but in the U.S., that like buying a house is like a rite of passage for, and 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 depending on the circles you roll in, it's almost kind of like an expectation, you know, like um like uh and so I I think that that you know that's you know I don't know. All another right, big one too. Yeah, Jared, please go through some of your lists. Is I've, well, this isn't a list. This is just oh, my own my own okay. experience. Another big one too is just finances. Um, you know, like. My one of my good buddies from high school, he he ended up living with his parents until until last year, um, all the way from high. He went to college, but after he came back from college, so twenty one mm-hmm. to twenty eight, he was back at home for his parent w- with his parents. But he he bought a house. Um, you know, he's been working hard. He's paid off, I think, almost all of his student loans. Um, that stuff you know, feels like a big sacrifice. Yeah, it's it's a lot. But for some people, especially you know, some Was people it, who so have significant it was purely it was purely a strategic decision yeah, this person was, could have gotten an apartment somewhere but it's like i'll just live with my parents well lived with his parents paid off all of his student loan debt is right. now you know i don't think he paid cash for his house but he paid a pretty hefty down payment from my understanding and it's a pretty decent house for especially for his first house so i don't know i mean it all depends do you want to do you want to wait and save a little bit longer or do you want to it all depends i guess what your priorities are and mm-hmm. i think in the us we are very very much so um i think the idea of living with your parents is is still kind of stigmatized you know and, yeah. and to some degree for a good reason i think there are you know reasons why it, it might not always be right you know if i was sitting here jared just uh, eating cheetos and mm. you know not doing anything in your mom's basement Right, but you're I not. Think you're in the bonus room. You're in your mom's right. bonus room. Upstairs, that's the key. Got to be upstairs, Jared. <laughs> I, I did mention though at the top of the episode, I wanted to mention some countries though because I had always thought, you know, at least in the in the U.S., it's, it's to me it's very I think stigmatized. In Asia, I think it's less stigmatized. I've also even heard in some places in South America, it's um. In the U.S., it really seems like we are we are more sticklers about when you're 18, you need to get you know, out. You need to get, get out. out. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so Jared, believe it or not, one country in Europe that has the highest number of people living um, at their parents from age 18 to 34 is Italy, mm. which I was also, not aware of. This mm-hmm. not a great economy, though. Right. 
Well, once again, I did mention finances do play mm. a role in a lot of places, whether or not, and also just how expensive it can be to rent or buy a place in certain cities. You in know? the U.S., it is also a stereotype that, um, like, like men are like mama's boys, Italian, you know, like Italian American men are mama's boys. It's just like a stereotype. So I wonder. I just wonder. Not even that the the mama bo- mama's boy thing, but I wonder if that's rooted in any sort of reality, you know? Right. As well, you said, I mean, yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to say. Uh, so with this this next one in the Middle East and in North Africa, uh, there is uh, a, I guess there are a lot of countries where one of the main reasons why a lot of people tend to stay at living at their parents longer is just view of familial bonds. So for example, Jared, in Egypt, it's customary for young adults, uh, and this is, by the way, coming from ABC News, uh, it, it's customary because I've never been to Egypt, so you know, it's <laughs> I can't speak from personal experience there, or even I, I should have maybe reached out to a couple of my Egyptian friends. But anyways, uh, so far, uh, young, young adults uh, live with their parents until marriage, a lot of times in Egypt, uh, and, they, and then here's a personal story from someone here, um, I think it's pronounced uh, Aliyah, a 20 Six of Cairo said there's a dynamic in Egyptian homes where you are still seen as a, a kid. Even if you're approaching 30, young adults choose to live at home because it's just how things are done. And that was in quotes there, just how things are done. And it's not easy to go against the grain. I live with my parents and would like to move out, but doing so would be seen as resentment towards the home, which is not the case. Uh, so it's interesting, Jared, you know, here in the U.S., I feel like uh, you, you go out uh, because it's, you know, just viewed as you're an adult now and you should be mm-hmm. independent. Whereas in Egypt, it's like, wait a minute, we're, we're your family. You can't leave us. You know, it's it's just a yeah. different cultural perspective, which I think is really but interesting to talk about. I feel like and I haven't been around you in a while in person, but I feel like you feel a little bit of that, too, because I remember at least earlier in the pandemic, you were you did not like to bring up the idea of leaving uh, moving out around your parents. Yep. And I feel, and, and I feel like you have this constant fear of like hurting their feelings because of it. You know. I don't think it's a fear. I think it's not um, fear. Okay, sure, that's not the right word. But well, I don't think it's even hurting their feelings. It's just kind of awkward to talk about a little bit. Mm. I feel, or maybe you think it shouldn't so? be. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but yeah, I guess I do think so a little bit. At uh, what point does it become awkward to talk about moving out? Because what if you were twenty? you know, 24 and you just finished grad school. I'm a random mm-hmm. example. Right. Uh, would it be, would it be weird to talk about that? And you, maybe you got some job at like some, some corporation or whatever. No, I guess, I guess like, the when thing, does it become weird? You know, I guess it's not weird. I guess the thing is, is let me put it this way. It's not weird at all. What, what makes me uncomfortable about it is I don't want to seem ungrateful for, I guess my parents letting me stay here. I think that's mm. what it is, Jared, is I just don't want to seem ungrateful or uh, I guess, and that does kind of relate to this uh, familial bond thing here in Egypt. Maybe me living in China, dude, has somehow changed <laughs> my psyche a little bit about this because it's so funny. A lot of my students asked me in the beginning, you know, where, where do you live? And, you know, I've explained to all my students that right now I'm still living with my parents. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my students, it was kind of like a no-brainer to some extent because a lot of my students, they were sure. thinking I'd be coming back to teach them in China and next you're not year. married, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's interesting because at least to me, I feel like personally my, my sign of gratefulness, and granted, after college, 
you know, I was home for like a month or two, but I, you know, then I moved out and had sort of <laughs> looked back since, I guess. But right. uh, to me, like that is sort of the sign of gratitude or like the sign of like, look, parents, you did it. I'm now at a point where you don't have to concern yourself with me. And this is like, like this is, this is me showing you that you have succeeded by me being able to go out and and so like that like they'd be grateful to be like oh look we you know we 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 did our part right right well there's and we're letting there's, our we're letting we're like it's like when you push a bird out of a nest you know and it's right. like fly oh, be free. exactly yeah right yeah well the the other thing too though that I I also saw a lot when I was living in China is it's a lot of it too I think is uh, is you know, realizing that you're, as your parents age, they do need help. You know, mm. my father's older. Uh, he needs help here and there. And um, and I think that's another reason why a lot of people, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I've stayed here so long, to be honest with you, is because um, some of it is helping out my parents and, and realizing that um, I, it does scare me a little bit, Jared, the idea that um, because of my father's Parkinson's, he could mm. he could definitely fall over and have an accident. And if my mom's busy working, also, too, I'm up here busy working, so I could not hear it. And, you know, but anyways, I, so it does give me a peace of mind. You're stuck. You've put yourself in a place where you feel necessary. And uh, for to, under, to some extent, understandable yeah. reasons, I'm obviously yeah. not blame you. It makes perfect right. sense. But you but it's uh, yeah. Hmm. I That's wouldn't say tough. I wouldn't say stuck, but but I I, I do feel the I, I want to be here to be able to help. But I also understand that I will say once once I realize one way or another what's happening job wise, I'm going to need to make some moves. And I already told you about that one that one potential lead for October. Mm-hmm. If things don't pan out with my my plan A, you always got to have a plan B. And that plan you're B, just, I won't be here anymore anyway. So you're just committed to getting on an international flight. You can't help yourself. You're just trying your hardest. <laughs> and you're trying your hardest to keep me off of them with all these <laughs> flight stories, these crazy stories. I don't. I don't um, want a door opening at thirty five thousand feet in the air with you right. on it. Anyone on it, to be fair, but That's especially fair. you. I really, I really appreciate that, Jerry. But so let's let's and I, I said that and it came off as not the way I I, I really do mean that, Jerry. No, that I came know. It's just funny that like that's that like is me showing some sign of like caring, or it's like yeah, no, I don't want uh, right door to open with people on a plane. Right. Here's here's another big thing, Jared. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mentioned finances. Another one though too is. Um, also, just the ability to buy or rent real estate. So, so if we take the example of China now, uh, so there are obviously a lot of multi generational homes in China. I saw I saw them a lot in my complex where I lived, and I have to say, Jared, I was really happy that I actually got to live in like an apartment in an apartment complex instead of because some teachers will live in like hotels in China. They'll basically take a hotel and they'll renovate it for all the foreign oh, teachers, yeah. so they live in a hotel. Uh, that was an option for me, and I'm glad I didn't take that, that option. Does not sound like a good um, option, right? Um, and so, anyways, so the great thing about this was I got to see a lot of families. And the cutest thing is, you you will every day you'll see grandma and grandpa walking around with the teeny little baby watching them, mm-hmm. and and so these are you know multi generational homes, which in the states is is I think fairly uncommon for the most part. But so there was a study done in 2017. And found that 70% uh, of millennials in China were homeowners, which is actually one of the highest in nations surveyed. Um, 
uh, whereas in the U.S., only 31% of adults, shout out to you, Jared, only 31% of adults in the U.S. age 18 to 36 own their own homes. Uh, when the studies of these findings were released, what was interesting, though, is the concept of home ownership in China was different in the U.S. because a lot of these families um, were able to uh, Chinese families uh, only have one heir because of uh, the one child policy. So what that means is the parents tend to help out the kids a little bit more with the homes. So it's not uncommon to see um, parents and kids having a home, but mm-hmm. maybe the child technically owns the home, but the parents have helped out a lot with it. I actually knew, uh, and I and I don't think in the U.S. that's as common. Like I, like most of my friends who have homes, it's not like their parents were like, "Hey, let me help you and give you like a forty percent down payment." I'm mm-hmm. sure that does happen here and there in the U.S., but I would argue that's probably more common in other countries, um, and it's a little bit different. The idea mm-hmm. of buying a home is just different. I agree with you. I think it happens more than you think. But okay. there's a very specific term for that, which, by the way, goes back to slavery, at least here in the U.S., of Uh-oh. course. What is it? There's a very specific term for that. And this is one, why, once again, I say I think it happens more than you might think. Um, have you heard, do you know the term? what that term is when, when um, you're, you, know, you have this financial support from your family and, and it, you can pass on things Silver like homes? Spoon? Or oh, no. uh-huh. or um, like assets over from generation to generation, generational wealth. You, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. And so that is what that builds. You know, when you have these cultures where you're less likely to move out. You know, at at a young age, it's like, all right, well, we're all going to live in the same house, and this is my parents' house. But as I said before, you know, you get to the point where it's the kid. Uh, making more money than the parent and so instead of the kid having to maybe even buy a house this is like oh no now this is your house you know and um and or or you do have parents that can put in a like a a generous uh donation because it's like well this is not just your house this is our house like i'm like (laughs) i'm giving you you know say 40 grand for a down payment or whatever but i also thoroughly expect to be living in that house Um, but I would say in the U S that is very much a real thing that happens a lot too. Okay. But I think a lot of times maybe the expectation is less that the, that the parent's going to be living with you with that person. But that is an aspect of how certain cultures, white cultures can have progressed further than other cultures in the U S because of this idea of generational wealth and structures being put in place where, um, it's easier for say, uh, white people get homes, for example, mm-hmm. or to get loans, for example, yep. and and by doing that, uh, it's easier to get a you know home and then and then make money off of that home and you know pass that money on through various means. So generational wealth. Right. So um, it's definitely a thing. I'm sure uh, since you live with your parents at 28, I'm sure you are also thoroughly thinking about the financial benefits of it and what they owe you for what you've uh, sacrificed, and you've been, you have an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> that you'll give them at one one point way too late in life and be like, you know, not that anyone's counting, but <laughs> this is how many dates I probably missed out on. So just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's all right, Jared. It's, uh, it's been kind of good to reset reset on myself, I have to say. Um, here's, sure. here's what's interesting, Jared. So mainland China, uh, like I said, there there's a pretty high percentage of people 
um, living in uh, our, who are homeowners. Now, what's interesting about um, you know this idea of living with your parents, mm-hmm. if you can't be a homeowner, then obviously your other option would be, I guess, an apartment. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess there's condos and other stuff, co-ops or whatever, but Hong Kong, not so far from mainland China, uh, has a whopping 76% of adults aged 18 to 35 still live with their parents. Wow. Um, yeah. That's uh, 24% more than the U.S., and the U.S. is currently at its peak, as yep. I mentioned before. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 really crazy, but I think, you know, a lot Wait, of 18 it, to what? 36. Oh, that's even more, actually, because I said my this is 18. To, the U.S. is 18 to 29. Okay. So that's even more people then. Never mind. Right. I do think it's interesting, though, the idea of, like, and I think some of it also comes down to lifestyle, too, because... Getting a house is a whole different type of lifestyle than if you live in an apartment, especially Mm -hmm. if you live in like a really vibrant city. A lot of times it makes more sense, uh, you know, financially, uh, commute wise, what have you to live in an apartment. And it's really interesting, you know, someone who has lived in a house, who has lived in obviously college dorm rooms, who's lived in a decent apartment in the Czech Republic, really Mm -hmm. missed that place. That was a great location, great Mm -hmm. apartment. Uh, And, and dude, I would have loved if you could have visited me in China because I lived like a king in that apartment. (laughs) I mean, I have two bedroom, two bathroom apartment all to myself. Seems excessive for for one person. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, I, (laughs) did I ever tell you about the, the student I met who I think he was living downtown and was paying, you know, an arm and a leg for rent. And he actually was like, Hey, do you want to be roommates? But I talked to a a friend of mine in the U S who, who, you know, similar situation was teaching abroad in China. And his, one of his coworkers asked to be roommates. And he was, he told me, he was like, never, ever, ever do that. Well, there's no benefit. It's only benefiting them. Because right. you're not paying for anything, so they, they right. do they just pay well, he you? Offer, he offered me money, yeah, and I was like, I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm good. Hell no, no. Also, though, too, I had I had two streams of income at the time. Right. I was, I I was, was doing I'm good, here so. with with a job. I don't I don't need these side incomes to drastically lower my standard of living. You know, right, right. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I, that would be a hard no. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, finances, I think a lot of it, uh, what it boils down to, Jared, family, obviously, um, depending on your relationship with your family, obviously cultural expectations of, I think the other thing too is in the US, a lot of times we, uh, it's that next logical step to get your own place so you can start to build that family, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and yeah. I think in other countries, it's maybe not as, it's just viewed differently. And some countries too, they just aren't as privileged as like a lot of, you know, you and I, we yeah. make a decent living for ourselves. You know, there are other countries where people work their ass off day and night and they just don't make what you and I make, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it's very different as well to be fair, but yeah. Oh, of course. Well, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other, other than, uh, other than some of those reasons, are there, uh, any other like places that kind of surprise you, Jared, in terms of high number of people who still live at home with their parents? No, not really, not really. It was good to talk about it, though. You know, I, I you know, I, I like to hear about about uh, your experience and talk about my experience. So I think I think I covered it. You know, they are uh, very different. That's for sure. You don't. If you get home at like three in the morning, you're not going to get questioned. Nope. Okay. Nope. The funny thing is, though, is I. I thought because I've I've had like only two or three, uh, not even like late, but got home after eleven uh, mm-hmm. when I was out doing stuff, and um, 
it was really interesting because I, I figured like probably like my mom would still be awake. And actually I got home and they were both asleep. So I was like, I was like, good. Like they should be able to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll be able to find my way home. It'll be all right. Yeah. I've gone <laughs> home much later in foreign countries by myself. <laughs> yep. Yep. In a state of mind where I'm very surprised I was able to make it home. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, without a doubt. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big adjustment. Um, it's definitely viewed, I would say, I, th- I would say right now, though, a lot of people in the U.S. seem to be a little bit more understanding just because of the pandemic and, yeah. and you know, certain circumstances. I certainly as well am not as, you know, if, if I see other people, you know, like my age or older who are like, yeah, I, I had to move back in with my parents right now. It's like people are, you know, the pandemic has put a wrench in a lot of people's lives and their plans sure. and their jobs. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that is a good thing that we are having these conversations. Uh, now, granted, I love my parents to death, but I'm, you know, September is my kind of tentative jumping off point where I definitely have enough for a nest egg where I can start to make some moves. Just the question is, where are those moves going to be? So we'll see. Mm. So stay tuned. Um, and You've got uh, the people at the edge of their seats. That's right. That's right. So anyways, let us know what your thoughts are uh, on living at home uh, or not living at home and what your cultural uh, views might that be uh, at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. You can slide Spread into those love. DMs on Twitter, untranslatable1, uh, the number one. And you can also check us out on YouTube and Instagram, untranslatablepodcast. And, of course, please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Děkujeme, muchas gracias, shisha, and dosvidanya. Not going to lie, Jared, didn't get as fired up with this one as uh, we did uh, with the last one. No. Did we get fired up with the last one? I think it was, yeah, it was a good conversation. It got uh, me, got my juices flowing. Yeah, but there's, there's, I think there's less area for disagreements uh, with this one, you know? That's fair. I think there's, there's more, there's more area for disagreement when it comes to being an ally and expectations mm-hmm. of what that would be. That's versus fair. just talking about what it's like to live at home with your parents, you know? Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess very different. If you did get mad, I would probably feel bad because it'd probably be have to do something I said, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what, you know, the thing is for me is people could, they can call me wherever the hell they want. But right now I've been able to, you know, save a decent chunk of change. I've been Mm. able to spend time with my parents after being abroad for two years. So I just look at this differently, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think it would be one thing if I would have sat on the couch uh, you know, eating potato chips, not doing shit. It's always for potato a year. chips. It's always sitting on the couch it is, eating right? potato chips. <laughs> if, I, if I were to, let's see, what would be a better or a different one? So if I was playing just video games, playing FIFA, you know, right? Eating Jets um, pizza. There we go. Uh, eating McDonald's every day, just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then it'd be a different conversation. But you know, I've been trying to progress my career. I've realized, looking back, Jared, at these since I've, you know, been stateside. You know, started a little mini uh, English tutoring business, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, made a little bit of money off of that. Wasn't a ton, but a little bit. Uh, Learned some lessons there. But you can Uh, put it on your resume or your CV, as you guys call it. Right. Uh, I've also done like three different certifications for different stuff, which has been great. Mm. And I think that's already, I think that might've helped uh, get my foot in the door with a couple different things. Uh, I'm working on doing a couple other types of certifications uh, done with a manuscript that I'm hoping to turn into a book in the next, you know, a couple of months. Yeah. I keep thinking about that. 
So, you know, things are happening. So, so that's, that's why, to me, I have peace of mind. If, if you want to talk shit and call me a loser because I'm living at my parents, I go don't, ahead. You're, I don't, I don't. I, I'm not saying you. Uh, I'm, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm saying people. You. What do you mean, you people? I mean, you know, uh, you know, whoever out like, there. No, no, I don't. I promise. Right. But, you know, but some people might, and, and I know there's some people out there who are very judgmental about it, but at the same time, are those the people I really want in my life or, or, or you sure. want to value their opinion? Well, Probably that's, not. That's why I asked, how does it come up in like a dating aspect? Uh, it's just really awkward, I think, you know. But I mean, the, I've even seen like profiles that say, like, uh, you know, I live by myself, so I expect my I got a house yeah. as well or whatever. Oh, bro, the number like, don't of... Like, talk to me if you don't have your own place yep. or whatever. My favorite line that I've seen numerous times on dating apps is always, I got my shit together, so I expect you do too. It's yeah. like, okay. So that's really the energy you